What's up, NBA fans? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, episode 36. As always, I'm joined by Jawan. What's up, Jawan? What's going on? Ready to talk some basketball. Indeed, sir. And Luke is back. What's up, Luke? How are you guys doing? I'm very excited to finally talk some basketball with you guys again. Indeed, sir. And uh, Joel should be joining us a little later, unless anything's changed on that front. Jawan, what's the word? Is he just running late? Yeah, it looks like he's just running late, but <clears throat> I'm going to double check. All right, word. Um, while you're doing that, let's get into some topics. Uh, Adam Silver recently stated that the league is exploring different options to reseeding the playoffs. Um one through 16 is obviously kind of the, the big one that's being floated out there. There also there's a there's like a play-in style that they're talking about doing, and I'll try to break that down as best as I understand it. So essentially, what that would be is seven and eight would play each other for the seventh seed. Nine and ten would play each other to play the loser of the 7-8 game to see who gets the 8th seed. So essentially, you would have kind of like what baseball has has done in having these like wild card games, like winner take all, um, to figure out who gets in the 7th and the 8th seed. Um, and then, you know, kind of one other system that's been thrown out is still have eight teams from the East, eight teams from the West, but then seed them, you know, one through 16. Um, it, what do you think about this, Luke? Uh, do, do you have any, like, way that you prefer it? Do you think they need to change it at all? Um, uh, and, you know, if so, or any of these, you know, what you would do, or do you kind of have your own own little thing? Um, honestly, I don't like some of the seedings. I don't like the whole one through 16 um, just personally, I mean, I know, like, a lot of people say the West right now is stacked. They have the two best teams. But I just think that basketball always has its way of who's who's good at the years and who's bad. So, right now, the East is down. But I just don't like it. And I also think about logistics-wise, fine, like, in the regular season, if you were to just do a 1 through 16 open thing, how are you going to do, like, games? Because non-divisional, you only play twice. And then out of conference, you play three times just – how would they logistically flying would be a nightmare in my mind. So I don't think that would be good. I kind of like that last scenario that you said, if they just do the, they have the East and the West and then, you know, they can come in one through 16. That'd be, that'd be cool. But I don't like this whole, we got to split up this because the West is better right now. I just think right now, yeah, the West is right. Right now at, at this point in time, it's good, but it always switches around and, I like the wild card idea. That's cool, but I just think the playoffs should just stay the way the playoffs are. I like the way it is. Yes, the West, West is better right now, but I just like the way that they have it currently. A traditionalist. Joel would love that response. Um, Jawan, <laughs> I'm going to throw it over to you, who, like me, is a non-traditionalist. Uh, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on different playoff uh, possibilities? Um, I will say, Luke, I am with you on that one idea. I don't like the idea of, <clears throat> like, let's say Miami has to play Golden State. That, you know, uh, or, or, you know, those cross rivals. I don't like the idea of that traveling. Too many games would be uh, too close to each other. The players don't wouldn't seem like they would get enough rest. Um, and, you know, just catching the fights and all, even though they have their own personal uh, flight. 
Uh, just going through all that is still way too much, especially when the games would be maybe a day apart. Um, that idea that they would have to kind of try to figure out a lot better. But when everyone says, uh, you know, the West is strong right now, but it always balances itself out, we have to remember this. The East has been so weak. LeBron, for going on eight, maybe even nine years now, I think eight, has easily walked his way into the finals consecutive years. It is, it is almost going on a decade that he has skated his way into the finals. That shows you that the East is not only not competitive, that people in, I'd say even July, look at the East and go, okay, so besides Cleveland, who else are we even remotely thinking about? That's how, that's how non-competitive the East has been. It's not going to change. Uh, unfortunately, the East just for some reason doesn't draft well. They don't get marquee free agents. It just doesn't work out that well. Now, you look at Boston, they're a team on the rise. Yes, I give you that. Gordon Hayward coming back next year, but they could do it through draft picks and stuff. I get that. But we're talking possibilities. Even then, people still wouldn't put Boston over, over Cleveland. Um, but when I look at the playoff seating, I look at how the Jazz are – Right on the outside, I believe. Right, Nick, or am I wrong about that? Are the Jazz yeah. right on the outside? They're right on the outside. Yeah, they're about. I look at. Yeah, they're they're ten. They're ten right now. Um, I think Denver is now in ninth place, but the Jazz, I think, are only like three games out of eighth. Right. So when you look at the um, the Jazz and the uh, the Denver Nuggets, who have been playing really good basketball, Paul Millsap coming back for Denver is a huge look for them. I look at those two teams, and I easily feel as though they deserve a spot in the playoffs more than whoever is seven and eight in the East. So if you're telling Ooh, me I don't know that, about that Philly man. Yeah, but you're, you're not as high I, on Philly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm not. I think Jazz would put up a better series against, let's say, Houston than I think Philly would do against, I don't know, Cleveland or Toronto. Um, yeah. That's just how I view it. I'm not saying that that's how it is. That's just how I see it. Um, so I, I do like the idea of them kind of switching things up because I don't think it's fair for the West that's just like super competitive that these really good teams um, just happen to not make it because the West is so packed. And when you look at the East and you're just like, there's at least three teams in the East, you know, that are in the playoffs right now that just really shouldn't be. They have the luck of being in the East. So I, I like the idea of changing those things around. But I do agree with you, Luke. The whole traveling thing is something that they would have to air out that I'm pretty sure the players in the player union wouldn't be too keen about. Um, but outside of that, I am all for change. Change the all-star game. Change the playoff situation. Make basketball more competitive and more fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly interesting because um, there, there are so many different possibilities um, you know, as, as far as, you know, the different ways they could do it or, or maybe just keep it the same. Um, and I think another another thing that's interesting, too, is, you know, obviously when we're talking about teams like Denver and Utah, um, they may not have, uh, like, well, especially Utah, may not have a better record than, say, the seven seed in the East and the eight seed in the East. But if you made it one through 16, you, you like, every team, like, you, it couldn't work perfectly but, like, you would have more balance of who you played throughout the year. So, like, West teams wouldn't play more West teams. There would be more equal balance between the East and the West. Everybody would play, um, 
you know, uh, everybody else uh, more. And well, I guess they would play teams in the east. Teams in the west would play teams in the east more, and other teams in the west a little bit less. You would just have um, uh, more even play as far as throughout the season. So you know, a, a team like Utah who has to play against you know nine other really good Western Conference teams more than say a team like Philly you know, maybe their record would be better. And, you know, if you just – but I agree with you, Juwan. If you just give it, like, the eye test, um, especially recently, Utah has looked phenomenal. Um, Joel, you got here just in time. Uh, we're, we're giving praise to, to your, uh, to your uh, secondary team coming into the season, the Jazz. Um, what do you think about, uh, you know, as far as reseeding the playoffs? Um, I went into a few different ways that they would do it. One of the biggest things they're talking about is one through sixteen. They're also talking about um, potential like wild card games, uh, you know, for for basically between the seven and the ten to decide who gets the last two, uh, you know, the last two seeds in the playoffs. Um, what are your thoughts about all that? Well, um, well, first of all, oh, it's, it's good. It's good to be back, guys. Good to be back. Yeah, welcome um, back, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've I've had a lot of time to think about this, honestly. Um, and obviously, I, I'm one that loves the East versus West format. That's because I've been. That's what I'm accustomed to. It's what I've been doing for a very long time. I mean, what's what I've been watching a very long time, and I'm in that regard, I'm very much um, old school like that. Like I didn't like the idea of doing what they did with the with the All Star game. And, I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. I, I like East versus West. If you get rid of East versus West, there is no more East versus West. That's gone now. But they already did it. They started it with the All-Star game. All-Star game was actually pretty damn good. I liked it. I liked how it played out. Um, and if you already started doing that, I grew more open to the idea of reseeding and doing not East versus West, but just best one through 16. So I'm more open to it now. I enjoy it personally. I like oh at least I'm going to like it more. Um and now, now the main reason for that is because now I can like literally not have to hear people talk shit about the East anymore cuz it won't fucking matter anymore. <laughs> it really won't. I don't have to hear West this, West that, sucking all that West dick. I don't have to hear it anymore. It's all <laughs> who cares. It's about East West. Nick. There's no East West. It's all the best 16. Nick, can I can I, I ask you all a quick question? No, no, I yeah. just want to ask you a quick question. Because um, I was saying this before you came on, Joel, so I was just curious to hear what, what you would think about it. When you look at the, the Eastern uh, Conference standings right now, uh, would you agree with the, the way Denver and Utah has been playing that if, you know, that there are like maybe two or three teams in the Eastern Conference playoff standings right now that you could pluck out and would rather have Denver and Utah in the playoffs rather than those two mediocre teams that I'm pretty sure – we could pick out of the Eastern Conference playoff standing. It'd probably be like Miami and Philly. Right. Well, that's I mean, what I would, would pick. I guess. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I have no emotional connection to either one. Uh, <laughs> I like them. Like, I don't. Like, Utah, obviously, I like. Utah is one of the Western team. I picked my wild card team because I needed someone in the West to cheer for. I like them, and they turned out to be uh, one of those good fighting underdogs. Uh, and that's really cool to see. So I'm really excited to see them doing well. And I really want them to make the playoffs. And right now, what, they're like 10, I think, or some shit like that. So they're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> they're almost there. Um, 
I don't care. I don't care who you pluck in or out. I just whoever has the best record gets in. I don't really have a favorite. Like, oh, do I rather? Would I rather see Denver? Or would I rather be yes Utah because I've chosen Utah, but not. I have no real preference over Utah, uh, Miami, or fucking uh, what was the other team? Philly. Uh, Philly. Yeah, I really, I really don't yeah. give a shit. Like, I had Philly making the playoffs, so that'd be cool if they made the playoffs. But I thought they would. Uh. Denver's now with Millsap back. Maybe they can be even better than they were. Cause I like I like what I saw out of Denver too. Uh, and then they kind of started kind of slow, and then now they're kind of emerging. So I like them too. But like I have no preference. So yeah. Hey, Vic, well, do you mind and, if I and, chime in, uh, Juwan, real quick? Sure. Uh, response. I just want to say um, I do agree with uh, like Juwan what you're saying about how LeBron's going to skate in. But if you look, East is on like the upswing. Their teams are getting better uh, one through eight. Yeah, they've been. The West is kind of like they've had the they're going to beat up on each other. But if you look at if you want to put this in the '80s, the East was a very competitive team. You had the Celtics, the Sixers, the Hawks, and Detroit at the end, always playing, always competing in that. And then you only had in the West at that time was the Lakers. So it does come back Houston. and balance itself out if you look. Well, Houston kind of like later on, like with Detroit and into the '90s, but it was definitely Lakers dominant. But one of those teams from the East that I said, I mean, three of those teams won championship so it does balance itself out it'll come back and I think the East is slowly on the rise it, it was for eight years just looked miserable after the Celtics mm-hmm. and the big three kind of left it looked miserable for a while there but I think some teams are on their upswing they've got a lot of young people that can come in a couple of years and I think the East will be back to just being good basketball so that's why I think they should keep it the same because they'll be leveled back out again and it'll be one through eight will be looking good again and just not well, the top heavy East. Well, I ask you this: if if LeBron decides to stay in in the East, I won't even say in Cleveland, in the East, can you definitively just right now? And I know that that might not be that fair, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Would you pick any team over any team LeBron's on in the East? Right now, this year, no. But next year, with some other teams, yes. I mean, like you said, Boston is. They're that one step away. I mean, they look good. They got a lot of young players. Give them one more year, and they get Gordon Hayward back. They can definitely compete with LeBron. Toronto is the a reason team that no one ever talks about. They they could be one chip away, and they've got a very deep bench. I mean, there's some LeBron. Yeah, it's been hard to re, like take down LeBron in the East, and he's just been the kryptonite. But I think in one to two years, it's not going to be LeBron just ruling the East if he stays there for however many more years. Because there's some teams that are that close and. Some other teams could do some trades and help themselves out. So I think LeBron controlling the East is about to go go away soon. Because the reason why I add yeah. that is when you look at the West. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, because if you look at the, the West, like we know Golden State probably will represent the, the, the West. If we had to bet, we'd probably all uh, put money on Golden State. But when you look at OKC, you look at the idea that Spurs uh, could be getting Kawhi back soon. And you look at the Rockets, you look at three teams that legitimately have a chance to knock Golden State off. So then it's like when you go to the East, it's like, all right, yeah, it's fun to say Toronto could, but we know when it comes time, they usually never show up. (laughs) And then you look at Boston, and my main issue with Boston is they're offensively challenged. Like if Kyrie isn't hot, they just don't have another guy that can go in and, and carry the load. For Kyrie, like it, 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 Boston makes it seem like, oh, it's a team effort, and the team will 
collectively, you know, help Kyrie if he's off. But that's not going to work in a playoff situation where LeBron's mm-hmm. dominating you and, and Kyrie is cold. Like, you don't have anyone else that can come in. Those young guys are still playing like they're young guys. So when I look at the West, I'm like, all right, well, this could be the year where someone could dethrone the Warriors. When I look at the East, with this new revamped roster that they have, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm 100% there yet to say that someone's definitively going to knock off LeBron in the East. So that's what I mean by, yeah, next year it, it, it could change, like, like you're saying. It definitely could. But if I had to bet my money, I would say LeBron, until he leaves the East, is probably always going to be your favorite to where when I look at the West, they could be, the Warriors could be in some trouble as far as this year, not even looking past this year. This year they could be in some trouble. And have been in the past. That's the thing. Like, you know, when they played OKC a couple years ago, um, you know, OKC was up 3-1. And, you know, I mean, that they were in, like, hanging on, you know, barely to, to, you know, scrape by them. And it, and it took a colossal meltdown by both KD and Russell Westbrook at the same time, three games in a row for them, you know, to make it past them. So, you know, it, 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 it's not just this year. It's like every year the West is just, is just so much better. And we've talked about it before how because the East is, is you know, generally weaker and, you know, people get these, you know, notions of, of grandeur, um, to quote Han Solo, um, they uh, they make stupid decisions. And if you just open it up and you did one through sixteen, I think you would see less stupid decisions by the GMs in the East. Um, and that might kind of phase its way out anyway. It, it's it's certainly possible. I mean, you have to think the evolution of the game. People are just going to make smarter decisions. But uh, but yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. One one thing that I think would be um, intriguing. Um, and I'm not saying this is definitely the way that they should do it, but um, if you added two more teams, um, so say like Seattle and we'll just say St. Louis, um, I think that'd be a pretty good market. Las Vegas. You could, uh, you could do Vegas. Uh, I mean, you certainly could. Um, that kind of fucks up my geography, though, so I'm going to stick with St. Louis. Um, it's coming. It's coming, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I, I like the idea of Vegas, and hey, I like the idea of like 36 teams. Like, I want more teams. Like, um, which I know a lot of people say is crazy, but like, there's so much talent coming down the pipe, man. Like, you look at these these draft boards, you know, like you look at what we have this year. You look at, you know, what came out of the draft last year. There's just so much more talent in, in each draft than there have been in the past. Like, go back and look at a draft from like a random year in the 2000s. Like, that's not like, you know, the LeBron James 2003 draft. Um, and, you know, you might have one guy in there who's actually good. And now you're finding, like, 15. So, I mean, I think there's definitely room um, to expand aggressively over, say, the next 10 years. Um, but in the meantime, 32 teams, uh, you split it off into back, go back to four divisions. Um, I think one interesting way you could do this is if you had four divisions – you could have four teams from each division compete against each other. So you take the top four teams from the, you could just call it the the North, South, East, and West. So you take the top four Mm -hmm. teams from each of those divisions. uh, They compete with one another. The way you would do it in the regular season, you play everybody twice, and then you play uh, the other teams in your own division two more times. 
So you play those other seven teams two more times. That makes 76 games. So you nix about, you know, uh, six, is that, yeah, six games, um, shorten the season just a little bit, but you're not taking out, a, you know, a, a, a whole bunch. Um, and then that kind of that kind of helps with the travel because all your games, uh, you know, your first two rounds are, you know, very, very centralized to the teams that are around you. And then once you have, you know, those teams advance, let's say this year we would get Golden State, Houston, uh, Cleveland in the north, and then in the east, Boston. Um, so let's say those were your four teams. Then you reseed them then. So, like, you're only having to do one extra series that would be, like, you know, a uh, coast-to-coast type situation. So maybe at that point you get, say, Houston versus Boston and you get Golden State versus Cleveland, and then, you you, you know, you have the champion play, you know, after that. I think that could be a, a – I don't know. I think it could be interesting. It certainly works out for this year. It's not to say it would work every year, obviously, because, you know, what if – the Lakers and Golden State were the two best teams in, in the the league. They would obviously be in the same division. Um, so maybe yeah. it doesn't work every year. Um, but I think it certainly would work for this year. Um, and I think it's something worth considering because I feel like at the very least you're probably – your odds are better of ending up with the two best teams um, playing against each other in the finals. I think you increase the odds anyway. Um, what do y'all think about that? Uh, start with you, Luke. I actually like that idea with the, the North, the East, the West, and all that. If you want to do that, and if you added some more teams, I mean, I know you guys are saying if you want to do this, you could put Memphis in the East because I never understand how they're in the West I right agree. now. Add another, now, add another Easter team, and then you get to put two out there because Seattle deserves to come back. And then Vegas, yeah. or if you want to do St. Louis, and then now you can do this bigger – bracket where you have the north, the eastern, and then that makes sense, you know, that like like you're saying, then you only have one playoff series where you haven't really worried about going coast to coast and all that, so I do like that idea, and if you were to add more team, because I agree with you, Nick, there is so much more talent coming out these days, basketball, the way that it's changed over the years where everyone can shoot threes now, there's no more centers, you're just down low, you're big man back in, you have to do everything, there's these multi-divisional, I mean, positional uh, players coming out, so I think it would be nice to add some more teams and do something like that. So I'll, I'll agree with that. That I, I like that little asset that you brought there with the the northeast, west, and all that, and then doing the playoffs like that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like the the south would be like basically. I think Denver has to be in there because there would be eight eight teams that were further west than that that would make up the west. So the south would be like Denver, OKC, your three Texas teams, Memphis, uh, uh, New, Orleans, New Orleans, and then St. Louis. So, like, all, all – it's, it's kind of more like Midwest to South and then out to Denver. But all those teams are, like, a lot closer together. Um, and so with their, with their schedules the way it was, it would, it would kind of be a way that <laughs> Memphis would be in a division that makes a little more sense, um, but not quite with the East, you know. But, yeah. Um, and then Minnesota would move over to the north because Minnesota is just so much closer to, like, Milwaukee, Chicago, Detroit, Indiana than any of those western teams. Um, but anyway, Joel, let me kick it to you. What do you think about that? Well, I always like the idea of bringing Seattle back, so anything that has Seattle coming back is a win for me. 
Um, yeah. Because I miss that team, and it's kind of weird all these years not having the Seattle Supersonics, where you know mm-hmm. having them my whole life when I was a kid. So it's still jarring, and it's still upset that the Kings ship somehow survived. But whatever, that's just me being personally biased. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I like the idea. I like the idea. Like, I still would prefer Vegas over St. Louis <laughs> in, in, in terms of uh, expansion teams. But like, for sure, like adding an extra two teams would be great, even if it's another two, four teams, you know. And making it a northeast southwest division thing would be fine too. Uh, it's cool. It's a nice little change. Um, my team doesn't move, so it's not really a big deal for me. <laughs> and like you guys yeah. are saying, like Memphis. Memphis and New Orleans are really Eastern teams. They're not. They're not in the West. They just so happen to be West of the all the other Eastern teams that are on like on right. the coast and shit. So, so they have no choice but to be Western teams. But they're really far more far East than than West. So uh, yeah, it would probably even things out a little bit. I like it. Yeah, well, and if you if you did put Vegas, you could just you would just have to move Utah over to the South Division along with Denver. Right. Um. So, I mean, that's certainly possible. Um, it just, yeah, I mean, it just depends. Um, but, that, I mean, that would certainly wouldn't be the end of the world. That could work out, too. Um, now, I just like St. Louis because they lost their football team, and they, and they have yeah. a hockey arena. So, they have, you know, they have pretty much, you the know, set. what you would need to have a basketball yeah, they, team. Vegas got their hockey arena now, too. That's true. They do. They do. But they're also getting a football team. So, they can stop they being are. so goddamn greedy. They sure are. <laughs> Yeah, expansion, baby, expansion. <laughs> yeah, well, they they they'll never get a baseball team, so there is that. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, Jawan, what are your thoughts on that little shindig? Um, I'm with you. I I I want St. Louis to uh to to have a basketball team. It it, it terrifies me the idea of any major league team uh facing itself in in uh. Vegas, it, it just it it really terrifies me, especially if like, especially in the, you know you just drafted an eighteen year old now <laughs> he's being exposed to to Vegas, um yeah I, I I I I'm scared of the idea of that I know football is is definitely going out there but I don't like it uh so I'm with you well at I, least I you're twenty one if you're on a football team though right no I'm All with right. you on that I'm with you on that um but that just terrifies me an eighteen year old. Coming out and being exposed to Vegas, um, but no, they have uh, a good college team in Las Vegas. Yeah, UNLV, oh, no, not, very good team. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm not knocking it, it they at can all. Manage. It's like, yeah, well, in Vegas. I'm I'm sure the reins are a little tighter for <laughs> for them than it would be a kid coming into the the NBA. Uh, but anyway, to to get back to what you were saying, yeah, I'm I'm with you on on the idea of the 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 expansion and everything like that. I, I would like to see some more teams. Um, if they do bring like bring a team to Seattle, I don't want them to call them the Supersonics again. Hated the name back then. The still hate the name. Has to be the Supersonics. There's, there's a reason why they can go the back to kindergarten. That is no, the no, no, hottest no, no, no. The hot the takes you have ever fucking had, bro. Like that's crazy. I hate the name. Sorry, I no, hate the name. Is, no, I want to no, give it a new name. Give it a new name. Give it a new name. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's fucking crazy, bro. Like I'm sorry. Supersonics, baby. Not a but. To, to to wrap it up to what I was saying, um, I, I'm definitely for the expansion, and St. Louis does deserve a uh, a basketball team. Hell yeah! Well, and uh, I think too um, the other reason why I think St. Louis would be such a good pick was because they were one of the like 
awesome ABA teams that got shisted and didn't get didn't you know were cut from the merger. The Spirits of St. Louis, um, there's an awesome 30 for 30 out there. Um, if anybody wants to check that out, I highly recommend it. Um, very interesting group of guys that made up that team. Um, and so I think I think it would be some kind of uh, uh, recompense for you know shisting them all those years ago. But anyway, let's move on. Um, Adam Silver also stated recently that changing the league's 19-year-old age requirement, which has led to the rise of one-and-dones, is currently not a priority. Uh, This statement comes amidst a dossier citing rampant financial benefits and incentives to current and former players or family members, uh, including top prospect Andre Ayton, who reportedly received $100,000 um, from Arizona to go play there. Um, and most of these reports, um, kind of revolve around these, uh, the way, the way the schools kind of get around it is they'll have agents come in and, and, um, participate in paying these players, um, like these obvious, these players who are obviously going to be NBA players. So they come in, they give them loans, and then, you know, if they sign with that agency, then, you know, you're good. You don't have to pay it back. If you don't sign with that agency, then you got to pay it back. Um, so it's kind of one of the ways they get around it. Um, so this is going to be kind of a twofold question. Uh, let me kick it to you first, Joel. Um, like, what do you think about the 19-year-old age restriction? Or is that is that something that you're okay with? Um, do you think it should go back to 18? Do you think it should go up to 20? Just, you know, your general thoughts on that. And what are your thoughts on the NCAA system? And, you know, what do you think should be done as far as fixing that? Do you think they should just pay players? Um, or do you, you know, maybe have, um, you know, some different ideas about, you know, how that could be fixed? I heard a really good idea today, which probably never happened because it's too damn good of an idea. Um, but you're like the NCAA. I'm never a big college basketball guy. I've gotten into it more as I've gotten older. But personally, I think the idea of maybe utilizing the G League more and bringing the age limit back down to where it was, like what eighteen? It was high school, like senior high high school, yeah, uh, eighteen years yeah. old. As soon as they get, they could be drafted and they maybe take a page out of the baseball um, minor league system. Maybe not all three fucking like the A, double A, triple A. No, just keep it G League. And then you have these kids you can draft and they can still go to school and at the same time, or, you know, or vice versa, they can do whatever they want. Because they could, why stop these kids from making money when they're extremely talented kids sitting there? They're going to, I mean, the problem with college is, I'm sorry, my baby. Uh, She's uh she's working. <laughs> <laughs> um, honey. All right. Um, Problem with colleges. Oh, yeah. So these, yeah, right. These colleges, they make all this money off of these kids, and and you see how it's going on now, and all the fucking scandals. They're getting paid under the table regardless, but it's just it's only illegal because they're not supposed to be doing that, you know, quote unquote. But in the end, let the kids do what they got to do, like they're talented. Let them make their money. And I think it, it's better off probably just doing what the, how baseball does their, their, uh, the way they do it. You could you could get drafted and still like coming out of, you can do college and, and it doesn't really interfere. You know what I'm talking about? Like mm-hmm. you're, just, you're not restricted to being, tw- I mean, I don't mind that. Cause I think it, it, it they try, well, I think one of the ideas was to say at least 
that was enforcing education that they're supposed to go to school. And I like that, and I'm fine with that. But obviously they've taken advantage of that, and it should be restructured. These kids should be able to play right out of high school. And a lot of NBA players have done it, uh, but obviously you don't want to ruin their future. So college should still be an option for them if they want, but it shouldn't be. Because the NCAA basically is kind of the minor league at the moment, <laughs> even more so than the yeah. D league. So it yeah, should definitely much kind so. of be adjusted. Right. So that's yeah. Kind of where um, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think we probably all agree it's just a matter to like how exactly you adjust it. Um, right. I'm going to, I'm going to say this, this is my biggest thing. I'm not, I'm not so huge on the age requirements. Um, like if they want to keep right. it 19, fine, you could raise it up to 20. You could raise it up to 21. I really don't care. Um, my right. thing is this, let college players be able to make money off their likeness. It's their fucking likeness. Right. Like, let people like, and and this way you don't have to even go through the well. We're gonna we're gonna have the universities actually pay these college players, and like no, because then you have to, you know, pay the the swimming team and the lacrosse team and you know all the other right, teams that right, are making exactly. your school money. Um, but exactly. if you just allow these guys, like like say DeAndre Ayton, it's like, hey man, you can go ahead and sign a shoe contract because that's between you and the shoe company. That has nothing to do right. with you playing basketball for us. You can still come to school. You can still go to your classes. Um, and that's, you know, so that's on, that's on you. That's a totally separate thing. You want to go, like, shoot a commercial for, like, a, you know, a local car dealership? Like, fine. Like, they can pay you for that because, you know, if you want to sell your autograph, that's fine. You can use your likeness however you want. Um, you just can't take money from a school and play there. And, like, if you allow right. those kids to do that, they would make way more money off, you know, being able to do commercials, being able to sign shoe deals, being able to, you know, do any of that. Um, like, I, right. I saw one incident where it was, a, it was a football player. Dude couldn't even have a YouTube channel and collect ad revenue off of it. Uh, the NCAA said that was – uh, against that would that would violate their policies, so he couldn't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, dude, like, what, what, your line is like so blurry, and that is so crazy that he can't even he can't even have a YouTube channel that's not really like it's just like kind of it was one of those kind of like day in the life kind of channels. It wasn't even like what? like it involved his football career because that was part of his life, but it wasn't you know it wasn't like it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't anything. I, I couldn't see it as being any different than going down and working at Publix, you know, like, um, right. and it had to do with like, like journalism and stuff. So it was like more productive for him and like what he wants to do with his life and his career, because I mean, this, we're not talking about like some super all-star, you know, definitely going to play in the NFL type guy. Like this is, you know, this is just a regular dude. Um, so like if he, what if he wants to be a sports journalist, like this is actually helping that and if he makes a little money like great let him make a little money um but that's my biggest thing let let college players whether it be football basketball whatever let them use their own likeness let them make as much money off it as they want to and then the nba can do whatever the fuck they want to do with the age you don't have to pay players salaries um because you know if you're good enough you're gonna be able to make money off sponsorships and uh, you know other stuff like that um and let them have agents there's no problem with them having an agent for that kind of stuff. Um, 
Right. So that's where I'm at. Um, but anyway, let me throw it over to you, Juwan. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I have an extreme problem with uh, college basketball, uh, college uh, sports altogether. All I get what you were saying, Joe. Uh, I think either you, Joe, or Nick were saying that, um, you know, the the school itself can't pay the kids because then you have to pay the swimming team and, and the lacrosse team and stuff like that. Um, but when you look at it, college basketball and college football is where they're making a majority of their money from. So you can't, and you guys remember back when they had college basketball games, the player's name wasn't even on the back of the jersey. I don't even know if they mm-hmm. said the player's name. I think it was just like mm-hmm. number six they, they kept saying. Yeah. So it's like, all right, you're exploiting me in video games. You're exploiting me with, with my jersey, you know, with, with my name, everything about me, and I can't get anything. My mom's here, can't even come to my games because she's working like two or three jobs just to help me get through college and you're telling me that I can't get anything from it and it, it's me you're, I am how you're you know the, the lights are on right now so it's one of those things where it's just like somebody has to fight for these kids uh, you know because at the end of the day you're going to have all these, these one and done because they're just looking to get in the league one and two they're just looking to get that huge pay, uh, that huge payday I heard someone say um, I can't remember where I heard it, and it's probably never going to happen because kids nowadays don't have the, the, the long-term uh, mentality. But mm-hmm. why not just promise them a care package at the end of their four years? Now, you'd have to struggle those four years, but if you stay the four years, you offer them this huge package. Now, I know someone's going to say, well, you get the huge uh, you know, payday when, when you're drafted, True, but that extra, you know, that extra money that the college has been building up for you at the end of that four years, you'd have more players, you know, maybe liking the idea of staying the the full four years. But they shouldn't be forced um, to to play for free. It is pretty much the way I look at it. You shouldn't you shouldn't tell me that I have to play for free when you're not doing your job for free. You're getting paid. I think coaches mm-hmm. get paid like millions of dollars, so the coaches oh, yeah. get paid. <laughs> So the coach oh, yeah. can get paid millions of dollars, and I can't get a few thousand dollars to make sure my mom's taken care of, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, she doesn't have to struggle and stuff like that. That makes absolutely no sense to me, and it's gonna have to be fixed soon, or you're gonna have these guys. As much as people make fun of uh, Lavar Ball, maybe these kids go a different route instead of going off to college. Maybe they go a different route and they end up in the league the the, the same way. So it's just one of those things where it's just like you got to fix it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, Joel. You're going to have to fix it or it'll fix itself. It just won't be beneficial to these uh to these leagues. Yeah, and you're already seeing like kids go play overseas and so, like so you're already mm-hmm. seeing that in, in small doses. Um yeah, Brandon Jennings, uh Terrence Ferguson. Um yeah, so, yeah. I mean you're already seeing it in small doses like You'll see it more and more, and, like, yeah, maybe I don't think is going to be the guy to do it, but I do think that they <laughs> something will happen, like something, like there will be some well, kind of new league or something else that will, well, no, you know, come out of it. No, I wasn't saying he would kind of, like, uh, be the one that they no, would. No, I know what you were saying. saying. They were laughing. No, oh, okay, it was okay. his idea, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke, what are your thoughts? Um, I agree with you guys completely. Um, my mind, NCAA is the biggest scam ever. 
that make so much money off these kids, and the kids can't do anything, and then they have all these gray area rules where you don't really know if you're violating the NCAA or if you're not violating the NCAA. So I just think I agree with you, Nick, and 100%. Like, you can't pay just one sport, so you can't just have the college pay. But, yes, give them their names. Let them do whatever they want with their names. That's their names. They want to sign some autographs or all that. That means that they're making money off themselves, and they can, they can do whatever they want. But I do agree if they were to do something like that, they should do it like how baseball, like how you're saying, Joel, but baseball does it where you can go pro out of high school, but if you choose that route, you're never allowed to go back to college. But if right. you go, so, so I like that. And then I would make it where you have to say if you can sell, if you can make money in college off the rights of your name, then you have to say all four years. So then that would make the NBA – a lot better, too, because now you're getting these college kids that might not be ready right out of high school, but they can still make some money in those four years and see where they're at and then make the NBA a lot better because, yeah, we do have a lot of one-and-dones and all that, but a lot of them, they just came out way too soon. They should have waited a couple of years. I know a lot mm-hmm. of the vets always say these kids should, should wait and stay in college and college is the best time. So I give them that option be like, hey, you can come out of high school and you can make some money or you can – you choose to go to college, you have to stay for four years. You can make money. If you're a great player, make money off of your name. You can do whatever. Bring back all those great, man, I miss NCAA football, y'all. God, that was such a great game. Bring back all oh, those great yeah. games that you can do. Now you can do whatever with – bring back video games that I don't have to worry about. You can do commercials and get these kids to start seeing what the, you know, the, the, the pro life like, the being in the highlights, just being in the lights all the time. And just, you know, they're not having to worry about, oh, am I going to do something wrong tonight and violate the NCAA and put me on a sanction in my whole team? Or just be like, yep, I'm, I'm a great player and I'm making some money off my, my name. And uh, once I go pro, you know, I'll still be making some good money off it. So I agree with you on that one 100%, Nick, that that's the way if you want to get paid and do all that. And then just if you go straight out of high school, you're going to get paid, but you might not be that great at first. Yeah, I mean, it's just the easiest way to do it, like, to me. Like, and it's just it just makes the most sense. Like, it, it, because you're not involving any schools. And I think, too, it would prevent players from, like, you wouldn't be able to really buy them. Because, like, why would you want to take $100,000 from a school? Like, I mean, I guess who's not going to take $100,000 if it's offered to them? But my point being is you wouldn't have to do that. Like, these kids wouldn't have to be, like, only looking at schools that were going to pay them money. They could make their own money off of their name and say, well, you know what? I want to go here because I feel like I feel real comfortable here and it's not even about the money, you know? So um, I think it would help out a lot with that too. And it would um, definitely lessen the amount of uh, institutions that, that, you know, carry out the practice of paying players. Um, and one more thing, because um, Luke, you kind of touched on it, but before we move on, the uh, NCAA, like the president of the NCAA, released a statement with this, with, with all of what's happening, basically condemning all of it and saying this is this is like not acceptable, and you know this is this is not you know you know what represents the NCAA and teams that do this, you know, are, are just you know, utterly reprehensible and blah, blah, blah. No, NCAA, you are utterly reprehensible. Like, you're the one – you are the ones who are the ball lickers. Like, you are – like, it's it's so unbelievable and it's so crazy to me, like, that we, you know, live in this day and age and, like, somebody can come out and, like, say that, 
Um, and it's just, it's so obvious to everybody, like you are making a fortune off of people who don't get anything and have, and not only that, like have no way to get anything. They can't even use their own fucking name to make money. So like, yeah, like I, you're right, Luke. NCAA is, is one of the most corrupt things. It's up there with FIFA, man. Like FIFA and NCAA are probably like the two worst uh, institutions. It's it's fucking crazy. Um, but anyway, um, let's move on. Uh, we got uh, on Saturday night. The Warriors played the Thunder in a very very lackluster game. I was very disappointed. It was the first game that uh Westbrook has not looked like like just a steamroller um like coming into uh since Katie left. I mean granted they lost all four last year but I mean he you could tell he had that edge. He didn't really seem to have that edge that night. Um but anyway, Zaza Pachulia um appeared to intentionally fall on Russell Westbrook's legs um, he's obviously had the incident last year with Russ standing over him. Uh, he, you know, pretty much cost Kawhi Leonard a whole season. Um, granted it's two different injuries, but like he, he just hadn't been the same since that injury. Um, so like, I guess my biggest question is what do you think should be done about Zaza Pachulia, Joel? Well, what should he well, they obviously aren't going to do anything, um, which is – he should at least be suspended because if you saw – I don't know if, anybody, if everybody saw the play, but he obviously exaggerated and definitely fell on Westbrook's leg on purpose. Uh, yeah. He's a dirty player. I think people know that. I think it's pretty known. But And if it's intentional and he's, he's barely trying to hide it, he should definitely be suspended, in my opinion. That's what, that's what should be done every time he does something – Obviously intentional. It's one thing if it's a mistake, shit happens. But come on, it's like like a gust of wind blew him over and fell over. Because he, you could tell he was kind of falling down, but he could have probably held himself up. But he kind of threw himself down at the end. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, for sure, like that he you should definitely at least be suspended one game for being a dick. <laughs> yeah, uh, at the very least. Um, Jawan, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean. Uh, not just like from the league, but maybe from the Warriors. Um, like I, I almost feel like I would it, like that's almost kind of one of those scenarios where you might even want to take care of that in house. Uh, obviously, they're not going to, um, but we're not talking about what's going to happen. We're just talking about what should happen, um, and right. you know maybe even some retaliation from OKC. What are your thoughts? Well, Zaza seems to be uh, the modern-day version of an enforcer. Uh, enforcers we knew back in the day it was the guy that sits at the end of the bench, doesn't really mm-hmm. contribute much, and is going to come in and, and punch your, your best player in his throat uh, and not mind that he's going to be suspended for like eight games. That's what enforcers used to be back in the day. Uh, more modern is a guy like who no one really talks about because he's such a nice guy but was a very dirty player. Um, Shane Battier. Uh, I was watching an interview mm, Mello, yeah. Mello had. <laughs> Mello said Shane Battier was one of those guys that when you went up for a three, he would stick his foot out so you would land on his foot. And he That's said he was move. one of the dirtiest. He said he was one of the dirtiest players he has ever played. 
Um, so Shane Not Battier goes he under the radar too. as far as exactly. Hey. Um, Shane Battier hey. um, is one of those under the radar dirty players. But Zaza Pachulia plays on a team with another guy who has issues with borderline dirty play. So Golden State won't do anything about it because I think they they encourage it. I I don't think they have any problems with it. Um, but as a league, you have to look at the fact that what he did against Kawhi, unnecessary. Um, what he did against Russ, standing over him, unnecessary. What he did last week, very unnecessary. Um, but if I'm OKC, I don't have enough talent to 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 warrant a, a retaliation. Like, who who am I going to send out there? Patterson? Like, I don't have anybody. Uh, Collison? Like, who am I going to send out there? Yeah, there you go. Old Dakari Johnson, 22 years <laughs> there you old. Go, then. He's seven feet tall. He's like 255 pounds. Put Dakari Johnson in there and say, get down on that block and throw bows at his fucking face. Like, that's exactly what I would do. And you know what? If, if I was if I was Dakari Johnson, not like I would be marching. I would have marched in to Billy Donovan's office next day at practice and been like, Coach, like, I want you to put me in. Like, I want your permission, but, like, put me in against Zaza the next time we play them, and I will make sure he never does shit to Russ again. Like, that's what I would well, be doing because you need somebody who when, can do that, um, and, and he's not a guy you're going to miss. When I think of retaliation, uh, I think about going – go fully, you know, go 100% uh, you know, forward with it, and it's like, all right, well, if you're doing that to Russ, on a re, you know on a repeatedly uh, occurrence, I'm going after Steph, a guy that I know. See, I don't, I don't has, like that though. See, I, all I'm saying is Zaza has a consistent, uh, you know, rap sheet of going after Russ. He just does. Yeah. And what makes it yeah. worse is when the events happen, his teammates uh, don't do anything, but then they'll comment after the game like. Yeah, man, if I had known this, if I had seen this. But you're right there, man. You're right there. Handle it there. And if you're not going to, then to me, if you're OKC, don't retaliate at all. Because to me, basketball is the only sport where you can somewhat get away with that retaliation. Baseball doesn't work like that because you're getting pitchers throwing, like, 95-mile-per-hour fastballs at people's heads. Yeah, that's, football, that's dangerous. You have guys, <laughs> yeah, football, you have guys that are going for your knees unnecessarily or going for oh, your yeah. head. So, like, basketball is the only sport where you can get away with such dirty acts like that. So if I'm OKC, to me, if I can't handle it within the parameters of that game when it happens, then I don't know if I'm, if I'm sitting back saying, all right, we'll circle this date. And when we get back to that date, I want you guys to elbow what's his name in the throat. Like I, I don't know if I do that. I'm more so. You I saw it happen. Handle it right there. Well, see, here's the thing though. Like, it, it's very plausible. Like the first one, yeah, but it's very plausible that they didn't really see Zaza fall on Russ because everybody was r- rushing back to get on defense. Um, but but like, nevertheless, my thing is this too. It's not just. It's like, you know, obviously KD's got 12 techs. Um, you know, uh, Draymond's w- one tech away from, from, you know, being suspended. Like, if you get put Dakari Johnson in there throwing bows, those two, like, probably going to get a little heated. You're probably going to see a lot of techs. Like, that, that, could, that could end up winning you a game. One tech against uh, Draymond, and he's gone. So, like, 
that, that I mean, there's just another way. Like, I just, I don't believe in, in going after, um, you know, going after another star player. Go after the guy who did the D. Um, but, Luke, what are your thoughts? Um, I just think Zaza is probably the dirtiest player ever. It stinks that he got no games, but I wish he would have got at least three games. I mean, they want to make this league where you protect your stars, so they took away all the enforcers from the 90s and all that. So I think if you're trying to protect your stars, then you should make a statement out there where you're going to stop these dirty plays because this one was a completely deliberate. I read that, oh, a lot of the players are saying that he got um, caught up in trying to see his legs and all that. No, he didn't. He looked down. He could have definitely fallen over Westbrook and kind of bent over his head and his body and been like, this is an awkward situation. He looked down at those legs and put his huge body down on that. I just think Zaza's completely dirty now. I don't think that OKC is going to be one of those teams that are like, okay, next time we play, we're going to do something dirty. Uh, they should have handled it right there if they wanted to do something like that. But I do believe that Stephen Adams being down low, now if someone comes up for a drive, he's not going to be dirty, but he's going to wrap you up pretty pretty tightly and bring you down the ground, not make it del- deliberate and look like it's retaliation. But you just believe that there's going to be some pretty hard fouls next game where you're driving the lane and we're not going to let you take it that easy, but we're not going to make this look like we're retaliating you doing some dirty plays. But I just wish that the league would have, if you want to protect your stars and all this, there's no reason some guy that maybe averages five minutes a game should could come out there and do something like that. I mean, look at what you guys said. He did to Kawhi Leonard. He literally fell on, hurt him, and he's out for a whole season. This is one of the top three players in the league when he's healthy. Great basketball. You need him for basketball to make money. And some guy like Zaza is a, out there able to do dirty plays like this. So I wish they would have made a statement, signed him big time, and been like, five to seven games, and everyone be like, whoa, this has never happened before, and we don't want to do stuff like this because I just think Zaza's dirty. I don't think he belongs in the league anymore. I just I don't have any respect for Zaza, and what he does to Westbrook and stars like that is just completely dirty. Yeah, well, and, and not to mention, you know, he's got, he's got the history, too, with, uh, you know, he pulled that shit against David West back when West was with the Pacers. Um now they're on the same team and everything's hunky-dory. But, um, but yeah, like, I mean, he's got a long history of, of pulling pulling shit like this. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got to admit, like, I loved him when he played for Atlanta, though, because, I mean, he was he, – he didn't have – he didn't quite have the reputation that he has now. He wasn't, like – he didn't have the history of making so many, you know, dirty plays. Um, but he is tough. He, he He's a tough guy. That's That's – that's – you know, when he plays, um, but scrappy. Yeah. But like, but I mean, you can like, it's like, since he's gotten older, um, you know, he's not as athletic as he used to be. And he's, he's transformed his game from being like a scrappy, tough bruiser to being dirty. And it's like, it's like, dude, there's no place for that. Um, but yeah, um, I'm still, I, I don't care who, who like, I, I think every single one of y'all disagree with me, but I'm saying put Dakari Johnson in there and throw some elbows at his fucking head because, like, <laughs> he takes an elbow to the face, like, get his nose all bloody and shit, get a little scrappy. Like, he's probably going to think twice about doing some shit again. Like, I'm just saying, I, I, I could be wrong, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think uh, something like that is necessary. But I, I'll... I would say I'd be all right with what you're saying, Luke. If if you know they they get some guys going into the lane and Stephen Adams 
you know, just kind of maybe, maybe, maybe fouls him a little bit harder than he normally would. The thing is, though, I just like I hate the idea of going after like Steph or Clay or KD. Like, like it's not, you know, I don't ever want to see like star players get targeted for for shit that you know wasn't their doing. Um, so, uh, well, but, that's that's what's happening to Russ. From what I know, Russ hasn't done anything to Zaza Pachulia. But Zaza seems well, I know, but always no, no, no. I, I get that, but like I'm just saying, like it, you don't go after the guy who's not doing that. You go after the guy who's doing it. Like you go after Zaza. Yeah, but like, the the tricky part about that is if like the league the league sees what Zaza's doing, right? Whether or not they do anything about it, they see what he's doing. So the first time you do something overly aggressive to him, I guarantee you not only will the rest call it a little bit more intensely than they should, the league is going to come down you come down on you very hard. So that's why you, know you have to Kari Johnson do react. it. The Kari Johnson I know, has but that's, had like you can't react. He's had like you can't react to that guy. DNP coaches decisions like you know, I you mean can't he's react not to giving that guy. you minutes. Well, listen, I'll say it like this. I I agree with you. I agree with you. You shouldn't involve someone who has nothing to do with it. It's just like baseball confuses me. Like, you hit one player on the other team, now you're hitting me for what? I didn't do anything to you. So I agree with you on on the principle of that. But if you go after Zaza, they're looking for it, and they're waiting for for you to do something crazy like that so they can go ahead and do something super over the top. So Well, and you know what my response would be? Go ahead. But, no, no, I was just going to say, like well, Luke was saying, I would just, if I'm OKC, it's over and done with. You were saying, Nick, this second time, they probably didn't see it. All I'm saying is Russ, Russ was involved in it. And once you, once the bench, someone on the bench had to have seen it. It was down the other end. Someone on the bench or the coach had to see it. And if no one felt the need to, uh, you know, defend their player in that moment or in that game, then it's just like, get over it. Forget about it. But I will tell you this. Next time they meet, which I think would be the playoffs, it's definitely no, no, they got one more game. very tricky. Oh, they have one more game? Yeah. When? One more regular season towards game. the end of the season? Is it towards the end of yeah, the season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Then they probably won't even play their starters, so that won't matter. Yeah, you're probably right. They probably, I, I bet you for damn sure they won't play Zaza. Um, no. Nah. I mean, and I could be wrong, but, I, yeah, I, I – Shit, I probably wouldn't. Like, you're just asking for it. Um, but anyway, let's move on. Um, still, Dakari Johnson, elbow that motherfucker in the face. <laughs> Greg Popovich recently stated he'd be surprised if Kawhi Leonard returned this season, despite Woj reporting that he has been cleared to play by the Spurs doctors. You know, he went to New York, he got a follow-up, and since then, Woj has reported that he has returned to the team and is reportedly targeting a March return. Uh, a lot of information here, a lot of, a lot of reporting, a lot of shit that's happened like within the span of like a week. Um, so, you know, as far as this, this, you know, Kawhi Leonard saga, it's so hard to kind of wrap your head around it and to kind of make, um, you know, figure out what all is going on here. Um, but obviously there were reports earlier in the season that he wasn't happy uh, because of his injury. There was also Jalen Rose came out and he said that, you know, he, he ne- wasn't necessarily happy with the way that they have constructed the team. And he's, you know, a little worried that they're not going to be able to get in, um, you know, uh, other all-star players to, to play alongside him. Um, 
what's your take on all of this all of this information? Uh, Luke, let me start with you. Um, as far as Kawhi Leonard, obviously, like you said, when he's healthy, probably third best player in the league. You know, I mean, definitely in that range. Um, I, f- I feel like some would even argue last year at different points in time that he was, you know, maybe the second best player in the league. Um, so, you know, I mean, with with all of this all of this stuff going on, um, you know, maybe he comes back and he plays well, and you know, everything's all hunky dory. Um, but the Spurs have the opportunity to offer him a Supermax contract. Um, if you're the Spurs, A, do you offer him that Supermax at the end of this season, um, kind of knowing, you know, his, his health concerns? Because this isn't the first injury. He's he's had a few different um, seasons where he was banged up throughout a season. Um, you know, would you offer it to him? And if he declines that, are you risking going into free agency, um, you know, knowing that he just turned down a Supermax contract? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on all that? Um, first, yes and yes. I mean, Spurs, you're signing him to the Supermax, I mean, no matter what, and you'll take that risk. I mean, it's Kawhi Leonard, you can't, but, man, is it crazy to think that the Spurs are in this kind of a position where they're supposed yeah. to be this perfect run organization, that everything runs smoothly, Pop has this amazing system and everything, and now something comes out like this where their star is not happy but I read that he's not mad with uh, the organization, like Jalen Rose was saying. He's mad at the whole medical staff and misdiagnosing him and being wrong and then him being set back more times, and that's why I want to get the second opinion. I think at the end of the year, the Spurs should be loyal to him and show that they, they messed up and fired that whole medical staff. It's like what happened in Boston with Isaiah Thomas. We missed Boston Celtics misdiagnosed that so bad, and it cost it cost IT a long time extra that shouldn't have been. And you know what Boston ended up doing? Yeah, they ended up trading Isaiah, but they also ended up firing that whole medical staff because that is not good. That you cannot diagnose something proper like that. So I think Kawhi's more risk is with the medical staff, and and he wants to know where your loyalty. I mean, I'm supposed to be your superstar that you want to build around and all this and. You have a medical staff that doesn't know how to diagnose you right, sets me back, come back, and then it's like he almost lost a year. But Kawhi is one of those great players that he's a superstar, top, top line player, and he's not very vocal. So I think if he does come back in March, it's not really going to hurt this, this first chemistry because Kawhi Leonard's not really that vocal. He doesn't demand the ball. I mean, he's a great defensive player. He'll do his thing. And then when they do throw him the ball, he will get it done. But he's not one of those ones where – they're coming back, and they're like, oh, man, he's going to mess up the chemistry. So that's an, a huge plus for the Spurs. But it's just crazy to think that, man, the Spurs are in a position like this where their organization's looking pretty chippy and their star wants out. Yeah, especially coming right after, you know, uh, obviously LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, requested a trade either, you know, last trade deadline or in the off season, one or the other. Um, obviously Popovich was able to sit down with him, and, and they were able to hash things out, and he's, had probably his best season in like three or four years, definitely his best season with the Spurs um, this past season. Um, but yeah, that's kind of another thing. It makes it, it makes it such a hard situation to read because you have a front office like the Spurs and, you know, their coaching staff and all that who, who keeps, usually keeps things close to the, close to the vest. And then obviously Kawhi Leonard doesn't, it, it you know, isn't out, you know, saying all this different shit so it's just a it's a tough situation to read as far as 
what the Spurs, you know, where the Spurs actually are and where Kawhi Leonard actually is. Uh, but let me throw it to you, Joel. What are your thoughts on this whole saga? And do you offer him the Supermax in the offseason? And if he declines it, um, are you cool with rolling the dice on, on going into the following season without having him signed on? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still Kawhi Leonard. I think you, you offer him the Supermax. If he declines to take the offer and goes in to ready to be a free agent, I'd be worried. I'd definitely consider trading him at that point. But um, So you can get at least something back. But the, I think the, the biggest thing for me is this, this is a very odd situation. Because like Lou was saying, this is the Spurs. This is not something you get from the Spurs. This is the, most, the weirdest thing to come out of the NBA in forever is the idea that a player is like disgruntled with the Spurs. But, you know, if it is the medical staff only, it makes sense. It makes sense. But still, it's just not something you hear from this side of things. Like, I've heard uh, that it has something to do with his uh, agent, which happens to be his uncle now. <laughs> right. Saying, you know, that there's some drama there, too. Because, um, you know, that man's quiet. Kawhi don't really talk much. So it's just weird to hear, to, to think that he would have issues with, a, with an organization as professional and as well kept as the Spurs. So it's just weird drama. It's just absolutely odd. And if it is a medical issue and if he has issues with the medical staff, they should definitely probably look into that staff. They definitely should. Um, but, Jesus, it's just it's just weird. It's just weird. You don't hear this from the Spurs. So it's just odd. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's it certainly seems out of character uh, for for an organization yeah. that has made what made the playoffs. Twenty. This will be their twentieth consecutive year making the playoffs. Pretty Something much. like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Juwan, <laughs> Juwan, what are your thoughts? Uh, it reminds me of uh, what Malcolm Butler was going through in in New England, who's also the same kind of organization as San Antonio. Um, if I'm the Spurs. Um, I don't offer him the Supermax. Main reason why is um, I do not believe it's just the medical staff. Uh, when you have your coach come out and say, I'd be shocked if he even played a single game this season, and only a few days later you get a report that he'll be back this month, well, this upcoming month, I'm sorry, um, that's, that's not something that, you know, you, you go out there and, and say with so much confidence and then a news break that – he may play next month, middle of next month. I don't think anything drastically changed from when he delivered that to when we got the news that he may be back. Um, I think he has an issue with either Pop or the organization uh, as a whole. And if I'm the Spurs, the main thing I'm looking at is as great of a player as he is, and by no means am I uh, knocking him as a player, I'm looking at the fact that I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, they're number three in the West. Mm-hmm. For now, with Lamarcus Aldridge, well, they don't look to be slowing down. So I mean, yeah, maybe they they have a bad march. Maybe that that could happen definitely. Um, but barring that weirdness, the team looks to be doing pretty good without Kawhi Leonard. So Lamarcus Aldridge seems to have found uh, his new self, and he's playing really, really, really good. Um, so if I'm the Spurs, it depends on what you're offering me. 
if I do decide that I I want to trade him. But as far as offering him this max, knowing that it seems like he does not want to be there, I'm not even going through the hassle of offering him the max for him to turn me down. I'm looking to see what I can get for him and, and moving on like that because that guy does not seem like he's happy there. Um, and for your coach to come out and say he'd be shocked if you play a single game this season, knowing that you can play, um, is just something that I, I think there's a lot more to the situation than just him having a beef with the medical staff. Yeah. Um, y'all already know what I'm going to say. Trade the motherfucker. Because <laughs> like, um, why wouldn't I? You know, like, I, I'm always on the side of trading. Um, but, no, like, I'm serious, though. Like, best case scenario for the Spurs, in my opinion, is he comes back, he plays, he, you know, he plays true to his old form, and then, you know, go into the off season and figure out what his trade value is and go ahead and, and move him. Because here's two things. One, you you basically, you know, said said everything about it, Jawan, like he just doesn't seem happy there. Um, and two, like if you pay him the Supermax, then you're definitely not going to be able to bring anybody else in. Like the, And furthermore, the Supermax is such a stupid idea. Like look at – look. Like most teams have avoided paying the supermax. They've it is actually it, it seems to have done the opposite. In which teams are like, I'd rather just trade my all star player than than pay him all that money and and tie up all our books. Like to me, what the supermax should be is the player gets all that extra money for staying with his hometown team, but it doesn't it doesn't go against your books. So it doesn't count towards your your salary, your team salary. So the player gets the extra money, but the the, the organization doesn't have to suffer um, with having no cap space. Uh, to me, that's the way it should be. But that's a whole another debate. Um, but yeah, I, hey, I, you I know, yes. I'm sorry to just interrupt. I just uh, since I'm the only one that's on the, I would not trade Kawhi Leonard. I just want to ask you guys all this. What team can re- realistically trade for a Kawhi Leonard? Because, I mean, yes, every team could use a Kawhi. I mean, that's any team you could throw him on there and he'd be perfect. But they're going to ask for well, a team grant way bigger than Kyrie. So the only team in my mind, and you also, if you're trading for him, this crazy King Grantham, you want to make sure that you're signing with me when I trade you. I'm not just getting you one year and you, you're going to think about something else. So what team well, minus Philly is the only one that I no, think no, no. could do this crazy trade? And also, well, I, mean, I do agree with you, Nick. There's max, super max deals are dumb. But but what what team could do the trade then? Okay, well, okay, mean, let me go, Juwan, because this is exactly where I was going. I was I was like 20 <laughs> seconds away from getting here. Because um, you already know, I got I got trades lined up. Thousand picks ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, there's there's three teams. Uh, number one is Philadelphia. Cool. Uh, if if if. Philly uh, made uh, San Antonio an offer of Markel Fultz. Yes, he's been hurt, but he was still the number one overall pick. I'm pretty confident that um, he will be uh, he will be back. Uh, so Markel Fultz, Robert Covington signed to a long-term team-friendly contract. Very good player could easily come in and and be your starting uh, small forward. You get the the um, Lakers. Uh, 2018 first round pick slotted at number 10, who was the last number, uh, top 10 pick, uh, that the 
uh, Spurs acquired, it was Kawhi Leonard. They know how to draft. You also get a Philadelphia first-round pick currently slotted at number 17. Um, that's the kind of haul that I think you've got to be looking at for Kawhi Leonard. If you're talking about uh, a couple other teams that I think could potentially uh, put together a package for him, I would definitely throw in Boston. Uh, you know, you, you, Boston definitely has the assets. Uh, if you can get, say, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Marcus Morris to make the money work, and then maybe Boston's pick, I don't think Boston would give up the Kings pick with that or the Memphis pick with that, but Boston has all of its own picks. Um, some combination there could maybe work um, because if you're Boston, you can get, you can get, have a team of, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Kawhi Leonard, Al Horford. Like, that's pretty fucking amazing. Um, and then uh, L.A. Um, like, if you can get, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, I would I, – if I'm L.A. And I, and I know that I can trade for Kawhi Leonard and, and simultaneously get Paul George, sure, I, w- I would give up Brandon Egram and Kyle Kuzma. Like, I love Kyle Kuzma, but, like – if I can make that trade and throw in, say, the Cleveland pick and, you know, the Lakers 2019 first, and I can get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I would definitely do it. So those would be my my three trades uh, roughly outlined that I would throw out there to you. Let me kick it to you, Juwan, and then we'll go back to you, Luke. Uh, no, what I was just going to tell Luke was to think, think about the, the situation the Spurs are in uh, and think about if Cleveland had a dress uh, Kyrie Irving's uh, displeasure a lot differently. Um, they had, you know, more leverage because he had two more years, but if they sat down with Kyrie a year ago before they got to the finals, right, knowing that Kyrie was already unhappy, sat down with him and said, is there anything we could do? Is it a sit down with LeBron? Is it, you know, take care of your people? Is there anything we could do? If he said, no, I just do not want to be here anymore. You don't think Cleveland could have gotten a way better uh, – offer or, or deal for Kyrie than the one that they settled on, they could have. Yep. So if you're the Spurs, don't put yourself in that same situation. Don't go into re-signing a guy who it seems, I won't say who obviously, who it seems does not want to be there. If you're San Antonio, you are shopping him, and there's plenty of ways to shop him. And he is Kawhi Leonard. As you just said, when healthy, could be top five in, in the NBA right now. A lot of teams would clear the deck to get Kawhi Leonard. So you could easily, easily get away with robbery with a team desperate enough to clear the decks to get Kawhi Leonard. So that's never an issue. I thought Boston getting Kyrie was was one of the most impossible trades ever, but it happened. So trust me, teams would clear the decks, especially the two that that Nick just mentioned, to get a Kawhi Leonard. So that's never going to be a difficult thing to find a suitor for a player of that caliber. The, what it comes down to the end of the day, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is if he is okay being there, then that's a conversation that, that you really have to have internally. But if you know he doesn't want to be there, shop him. And there's plenty of ways to do it, and there's plenty of teams out there desperate enough to throw you everything to get a guy like that. And, and one more thing before I kick it to you, Luke. Um, I think one of the big reasons, too, is if you if you even have the slightest inclination that he doesn't want to be there and he's going to turn down the Supermax offer, you don't want to offer it to him because you don't want reports leaking out that, oh, well, Kawhi Leonard 
you know, turned down the Supermax offer, so now the Spurs are forced to trade him. Like, you don't want that to be the narrative. So, like, you just go ahead and start exploring your options. Um, and, like, you know, let's say you work throughout the offseason and you don't find anything that's, like, really really that great or whatever, um, you can always, you know, try to figure out what kind of extension you want to offer him later into the season. Um and you know, you know, figure it out that way. But anyway, let me let me kick it back to you. What are your thoughts on you know what Jawan had to say and my trade proposals and what have you? Um, I'll start. I mean, I like your trade proposals. I mean, all three of those those are three legitimate teams. I mean, they're the only ones that could do it. Uh, I'm being a Boston fan. I'd love that if we could keep Jason Tatum. I'm just that person. I just like Tatum too much. But um, so I do think that they probably won't offer him the supermax deal, but they. I think the Spurs are one of those organizations that they'll definitely talk to him and see what he wants to do and be like, they're not going to be like Tyree where it's kind of like he heard he was going to get traded and then he wants to demand out. I think they'll work with him and they're like, hey, listen, we can sign you. Because a lot of superstars are kind of smarter with the Supermax. Not a lot of them do it. They sign these short-term deals and be like, let's see what we can do for a little bit. So I think they can do something like that and then work with Kawhi be like, okay, if not, you want to be traded now. On Juwan's part, were you saying that the Caps could have got something better for it? This is a different situation because with the Spurs, you don't have another budding superstar that you want to know his decision. With the Caps, this was, I mean, yeah, you could have done the Eric Russell, Paul George, but that was all depending on if LeBron, so this had a LeBron factor in it. If LeBron was going to sign with them, and he never gave them the word that he was going to say. So this was the best trade offer that they could have got was from the Celtics. Everything again, even if Jay Crowder and Isaiah didn't work out for him and now flipped it and they got different players. So that one's kind of a little bit different because they were basing trades off of Kyrie on LeBron. Are you going to stay with us past this year? And not with, with the first situation. I think they'd work with them. If Kawhi's just like, Hey guys, it's not going to work out. You know, this three year, nice money. I'm just not thinking where we're not seeing eye to eye. I think this first would be like, okay, let's go see what we can do. And, well, I mean, those three teams could definitely do it. Well, you have to remember the the position that, that you're referring to that Cleveland was in was a position they were in uh, at the uh, during the course of this season. But you have to remember, Kyrie asked for a trade before the season started. This was Kyrie had asked for a trade before the reports had come out. That's why when, when the report came out, everyone was like, that's impossible. They just went to the finals. Kyrie can't want to leave. So he had asked them privately. He had asked the owner before the season started that he had wanted to be traded. The owner then had the mindset that we had once they did trade him, which was, no, I have all the leverage. You have to stay with us for the next two years. Why would I trade you? He then got desperate when Kyrie was saying, I will sit this season out if you do not trade me. And then that's when they were like, well, we have to do something. But when he came to you earlier and said, I did not want to be there, that's when you have that sit down, that's when you have that heart to heart, figure out if there's anything to do. And if he still says no, then you could have found a better offer. That Paul George, Eric, Eric Bledsoe trade that you're referring to, as an organization, you still make that trade, even if LeBron doesn't say. You have to think of right now, right now, right now. And that would have been a trade that could have helped that team, helped this team right now. And that could have kept LeBron. That could have been one of the the more definitive things that kept LeBron there. Playing with Bledsoe, who he's really good friends with, and playing with Paul George, 
Maybe Paul George would have left. Maybe not. Who knows? I mean, I think it's up in the air, the same thing uh, with him in OKC, even though I think he should stay there. But anyway, um, Cleveland is was in the same predicament that the Spurs team is, though, that they're in right now, which is you have a player who seems very unhappy, and if Kawhi Leonard has told them he's unhappy, you shop him. You shop him right now, and you figure out exactly what you can get. You do not, like Nick said, the worst thing you could have is for other teams to figure out he does not want to be there because then your bargaining chips become a lot smaller, and teams are going to they're gonna offer very little to get the maximum, which is Kawhi Leonard. So that Cleveland situation is almost identical because Kyrie did ask for a trade before the season even started. Yeah, you're just dealing with an organization that's smarter than the other. Like, the Spurs are that's, smarter. That's the biggest difference. So, yeah, so like I, I definitely see some of the parallels that you're you're pointing out there. Um, I also do agree with with Luke. It, 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 there definitely are some parallels, but there are obviously some differences as there are with with any with any two scenarios. Um, but I do agree ultimately. Like if you look at what Sam Hinkie did, um, no, I'm sorry, not Sam Hinkie, fucking um, uh, uh, Sam Presti rather. Um, if you look mm-hmm. at what Presti did, he did the same thing that, that Cleveland wasn't willing to do. Russell Westbrook was a free agent uh, after this season, I, I mean, until they signed him to an extension. But they traded to get Paul George, knowing that both Russ and Paul George could leave them. Um, and, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers could, were in a position to not only get Paul George, but also get Eric Bledsoe and wouldn't pull the trigger because LeBron said, you know, he wouldn't stay. So, like, yeah, I can see how you can put a little bit of that on LeBron because he wouldn't commit. But also, I mean, yeah, you could put a, a lot of that on, on Cleveland, too. Because, I mean, if you look at OKC, they were like, fuck it, we got Russell Westbrook. You know, we can get Paul George. We like our chances. Like, we're going to roll the dice and we're going to do it. Um, and, you know, I, I think you would be in a better position uh, if you're obviously be in a better position if you're Cleveland, if you would have just rolled those dice. Um, but as it pertains to Kawhi Leonard, let's, let's back it all up before we move on. Joel, we, we, we've been going in this triangle, and you have not been in it, and this is not fair. Like, what are your thoughts uh, on any of the, the brouhaha that we have thrown out here? <laughs> not much. I'm kind of bored at the idea of the Kawhi Leonard scenario. I just, I just don't see any major thing happening with him. I really don't. Maybe it's, I just don't feel like he's leaving. Uh, at least not right now. When he does, I'll, I'll be more excited about it. <laughs> but I guess it's the Spurs. They just don't really excite me very much. It's just how it is. Um, I'll say this. If they do sign him to – even if they sign him to the Supermax, they're not going to have a problem trading the motherfucker. Anybody and everybody will try to get the motherfucker once he becomes available. Like a Blake Griffin scenario, basically. Even better. Like sign him. <laughs> yeah, like sign. Well, yeah, but like the same base. What I mean is like sign him exactly. to like a long term deal and then trade him. If, exactly. If you yeah. want to go that route. Yeah, right. I mean, it might yeah, be a way similar. to maximize what value you get for him. Um, so I mean, that's 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 certainly a possibility. Probably get more back too. Um, exactly. Yeah. I will say this, Joel. Your 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 lack of uh, ability to deal in the world of speculative is is. So demoralizing to me sometimes. I just want I just want yeah, you to I just don't care. I, I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um well yeah, you guys live in this that, world. I'm like, holy fuck, man. I just wanna like 
I can't. <laughs> I just I love I love to live in a world. I would love to live in a world in which Simmons, Kawhi Leonard, and Joel Embiid all played on the same team. Like that would just be so awesome. And they definitely. Man, I'm telling they, you. If, go 2K ahead. 2K is good for you. You might want to consider playing NBA 2K. It's it's going to do wonders for your fantasy world. <laughs> no, I don't. Man, I, I can't deal with that. Man, those trades, those those are. <laughs> like, I feel like my trades are. Yeah, I I I hate I hate it when you compare me to 2K, man. Like my <laughs> trades are way better than 2K. It's fucking bullshit. Hey, don't um, sleep on 2K, bro. There's some good shit there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, hey, Nick, can I find in one last thing? Yeah. Go ahead, man. I just I just want to laugh real quick. I can swear. <laughs> You and Jawan were the ones earlier talking about how Eastern GMs are always making the worst, worst decisions ever, and all that. But you guys would, <laughs> you would, you would sacrifice your future to get Eric Bledsoe and Paul George. But then they did the smart thing where they they got some players that can play right now, but they got this draft pick if LeBron leaves. It just kind of, I just wanted to chuckle at that that you guys are always bashing the Eastern GMs, but you'd be one of those ones that you'd risk it right now and forget about the future. The I mean, it depends. Right it depends because I mean, it, I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it's it just depends. It depends on if you could re. I mean, if you could re-sign Paul George and LeBron James, you, then you're looking really good for the next five years. So, I mean, it it's just it's one of the things. And and you know, with with Broussard, uh, Chris Broussard, uh, if you you know buy into any of his reporting. Um, you know, he, he said that he had heard that Paul George would be open to, um, you know, if not opting in to his player option and signing a one-and-one after the fact uh, to stay there for two years um, was the report that, you know, kind of came out of his camp if he was traded to Cleveland. So, like, I, I mean, yeah, I, I do see the irony there, though. Um, it's just, it's, man, it's just going to depend on how good that Brooklyn pick is. Like if that Brooklyn pick is is number one or number two, like yeah, you're looking really good. Um, and it still well, could be the the race at the bottom is so fucking close, man. There's like eight teams in there that have 20 but, wins or less. It, like so, I mean, but yeah, it's just it's it's, it's going to depend. Juan, go ahead before we move on. No, I was just gonna say really quickly. I mean, it, it's a it's a gamble you take because okay, the move you made uh, with with the Celtics, you get that Brooklyn pick. But what happens if LeBron still leaves? Like, okay, yeah, you get that Brooklyn pick, but now you're 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 betting that that Brooklyn pick turns out to be something that you can turn into your future. What if it What if it doesn't? Yeah. I mean, what if What if you time, take Anthony Bennett instead of Kyrie Irving? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So it's one of those things to where it's like even drafting is a gamble. So, I mean, if you're telling me I have a chance of getting players like Eric Bledsoe and Paul George here with the chance of, of possibly convincing them to stay for either two or three or maybe four years, I'm taking that because that, well, that to me might, might be something that's more, you know, of a closer to keeping LeBron than telling him, hey, well, I just got you a bunch of young guys and we got this draft pick coming. Don't you want to stay? Like, if I'm LeBron, I'm like, one, I hate it here because I hate you. And two, no, I'd rather – if I'm going to play with young guys, I'll go to, to, to Philly and go play with Embiid and Simmons. Yeah. Well, and, and, and mm. one more quick thing before before we move on. Um, 
more what I was yeah. referring to as far as, uh, you know, the short-sighted GM of the East, I think the best example would be the Washington Wizards. Um, like, I think in three consecutive years, they traded away their first-round pick for a rental. Um, last year, it was Bogdanovich. The year before, it was somebody else. And the year before, it was somebody else. Um, but, like, that mm-hmm. kind of short-sightedness, like trading your first-round pick for a guy who's not that great. Like, Paul George is kind of the kind of guy who, like, yeah, I'm going to give up a lot to get Paul George. And if I can get Paul George and Eric Bledsoe uh, for Kyrie, like, yeah, that's, that's pretty – that's better than fair. Um, but I do – I do uh, – I do – recognize the irony um but let's move on we got about 30 minutes um and several more topics to go jimmy butler is going to miss at least four to six weeks after undergoing meniscus surgery uh minnesota has officially listed him out indefinitely um the four to six weeks timetable i believe came from Woj. um but anyway the uh minnesota they're currently in third place um, but they are only three and a half games ahead of ninth place. Um, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Minnesota? Do you are you worried at all, Joel, about Minnesota missing the playoffs without Jimmy Butler? I'm not super concerned about it. I am sad for them because I'm just happy it's not like a tear, like an ACL tear or something like that. Yeah, that is something he could come back from because that's when I heard about it. I was like, no, no, they were doing so well. Don't let this happen mm-hmm. to them. Too. It's been a shitty year when it comes to injuries. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like that three to, like, ten seed, it's, like, wide open. You can – if you go on any type of losing streak, you can easily fall right out of it. And it's concerning to lose Jimmy Butler, who's technically been the best player for this. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cat has been much better this year than I think he's been in the last couple of years. I'm, I've been impressed with him. Even his defense looks a little better than the last couple of years. So I'll give him credit. Better, yeah. But I think I'll think a little better, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Jimmy Butler's there. Um, and he, he means a lot to that team. So it, I am concerned, but I'm not ready to say they're going to miss the playoffs. But I am concerned. Jimmy's a, this is the heart of that team, and he, he leads by example, and, and they're going to miss him for sure. Now you got to rely yeah. on Wiggins more, well, Jesus. Yeah, and that's just so scary. I think I think I looked at um, Wiggins' PER the other day. Wiggins' player efficiency rating is like uh, like around twelve or thirteen. Like that's crazy for a guy who's that high volume. Um, and like you 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 just paid him a max five year max deal, or you just gave him a yep. five year max extension rather. That's just going to kick in next year. Um, and this guy has a like 13, I think it's like 12.8 player efficiency rating. Like, that's scary. Uh, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns has is, is, is stepped up his game this year, but I don't honestly feel like um, Wiggins is kind of taking a step back. Like, he'll have, like, a game where he'll go off for, like, 37 points and just look amazing. Um, and then he'll have, like, three games in a row where he shoots, like, you know, 23% from the field, and you're just like, what the mm. hell? Like, I don't. I don't get it. Like the kid just has struggles with consistency. Um, but, uh, but Luke, what are, what are your thoughts uh, on the Jimmy Butler injury? And, you know, do you, are you concerned at all that Minnesota, you know, might just not make the playoffs? I mean, first off, I just, it's so sad to see another star go down. I'm glad it's not a major tear and 
it's a minor one like a meniscus, even though that's still a, an injury. But um, I'm a little worried for Minnesota. I do think they could probably slip out because, like you said, you lose Jimmy Butler, who's a hard. He can take over and game, do a lot, and Wiggins is just, man, like you said, he's got the Joe Johnson syndrome right now. Ball out for you one game. Like, yes, that's the Wiggins I know, and then you're like, where'd it go? Yeah. Where are you right now? I so, love that. Always you guys in the hog, but, uh, oh, wow. Um, but I also do believe that Minnesota's kind of playing ahead of schedule. Like, yeah, they just got Jimmy Butler, who's a big superstar, but, you know, they've still got those young kids and all that, so I think they're playing a little head, being that fourth seed for a while there, so I, them missing the playoffs, not that bad because, you know, they're still in that young thing. Um, I did have a little hot take before the Jimmy Butler trade with my friends. He said just because of how bad Wiggins has been. Now, my take with him was, what if they did this over the summer? If they really – Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns is who you want to build around. So they go to Charlotte, and they're like, hey, we'll trade you Andrew Wiggins, Jeff Teague, our pick from this year, that first round, I forget what's the name at center. You give us – Kimba Walker, and Nicholas Batum. So now you've got Kimba, Batum, hmm. Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, Todd Gibson. Todd. I like it. I mean, you're paying, you're paying Batum an awful lot of money, but you're, you're, you're also paying Wiggins an awful lot of money to not, you know. It, it, to me, it's just a question of, like, Batum has, has really looked like he's hit a wall this season. So it's like, that that's the only thing that makes me a little nervous about it, but I I do actually like that. I mean, if and especially if you're Charlotte, like, like you would love to have a guy like Wiggins because it's a guy that you would not be able to get otherwise. You know, you're not going to sign a guy like Andrew Wiggins. Um, he's a wing player, so he's still got promise. Signed on. Yeah, well, and he signed on for five years, so you you can. Right. I mean, I I would think if you're Charlotte, you like you want to try to build around him in that five year span. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, 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 let me let me be clear. Are you saying they they throw in Justin Patton in that deal, Luke? The, yeah, just the a sweet guy they drafted. Just a sweet, yeah, yeah, just yeah. It up. I mean, Justin Patton's not really in the rotation right now. He's probably two years from being two years away. It's one of my favorite quotes ever from the draft. But uh, he just, he's not there <laughs> yeah. yet. He's just he's, he's just he's not ready for Minnesota right well, now. But you know, go to Charlotte, who's rebuilding. Hey, you might figure something out with them. Yeah, I will say this. I I, I would have liked it. Uh, I would have liked having Patton in the deal before they made the deal to get Hernan Gomez. Now that they've gotten Hernan Gomez, but here's the thing. Like, what I would say is, I would say, like, I'll do the deal if you give me OKC's first round pick, which is probably right around like nineteen twenty. Um, like, because they own OKC's first round pick this season. So like, there's still a deal to be made there. I kind of like that. I mean. I think it fuck if you could get if you could have Kimba Butler and uh and Towns as your core, like that's pretty damn good. Um nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I like it. Um but uh let's throw it over uh to you, Juwan. What are your thoughts on uh Minnesota? Um, I like this team. Uh I, I like this team a lot, so I'm not gonna lose faith in them. I'm gonna say they will still make the playoffs, um and, and hopefully Jimmy Butler can uh come back and <clears throat> really, uh, you know, boost up this team uh, in the playoffs. But I like what Cat's been doing this season. And if anything, I'm, I'm going to keep my faith in, in Carl Anthony Towns and say he can win them enough games to, to keep them in the playoffs, whether it's four or eight. He can keep them in the playoffs. Um, 
and you know uh, for for Jimmy Butler to come back and help them out uh, in the playoffs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep faith with the, the uh, Timberwolves. Yeah, I God, here's the thing, man. Like I hope so because you, uh, I'm sure y'all heard me mention it before. Uh, the Hawks own the Timberwolves pick, but it's lottery protected this this draft. So if if the Timberwolves somehow manage to fuck this up and fall out of the playoffs, then the Hawks don't get their damn pick. So like please, like please Timberwolves, don't fuck this up for us. We need this. Like you know what would absolute what I would absolutely love is for the Timberwolves to fall down to that eight seed, and then we get the Hawks get like fifteen or sixteen. Get that get that pick up for us, but don't make us lose it now. Um, Cause like. Damn, that would just suck. Because I mean, this is definitely a team that's been playoff bound all season, and the West is just so tight. There's just so many teams out there bunched right in the middle. Uh, like we were saying earlier, three through ten, they're just so close. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely concerned as a Hawks fan. Like you know, like I mean, obviously, it's kind of like Joel said earlier. I don't really give a shit about the Timberwolves. Like he didn't give a shit about you know Miami and Utah. But like you know, I. <laughs> I definitely don't want to see us lose that pick, so I'm I'm hoping that they can they can you know carry the momentum and, and kind of keep it together. Honestly, my biggest concern is just like Tibbs just plays his starters so much. Um, I, I feel like you know like if you take a team like San Antonio, where Pop just constantly rotates guys, you know when Kawhi Leonard goes down. You can plug in, you know, uh, Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gay and, you know, Bertans. And, like, you can plug in any any number of guys in your rotation. Your team chemistry can still function the same way. Like, with a guy like Jimmy Butler, who, you know, is averaging, like, 38 minutes a game, um, you can't just plug in Shabazz Muhammad and operate the same. Like, you have to completely change everything you do. Um, so that, it does concern me. And the fact that everything's so tight out West, like they got about 20 games left in the season. Um, maybe, maybe a little fewer, like maybe like 18. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think we could see them miss the playoffs. I hope not. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I definitely could see it happening. And I will say this too, Luke, I, I, I feel like I had them at like five, like the five seed coming in uh, into this year, I think I'd OKC at four. The rest of the teams pretty much in the order they are, uh, with Golden State ahead of Houston. Um, but uh, but yeah, definitely. Um, like if they do miss the playoffs this season, it's not the end of the world. Like it's actually, honestly, it's probably even good for them because if they get to keep their draft pick and they get to add a little bit of depth, that actually might be better for them, you know, long term. Um, but you know, I definitely don't want that to happen. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, we got a couple Mark Cuban stories. Uh, let's breeze through this first one real quick because there's not much to it. But Mark Cuban was recently fined uh, by the NBA for saying it was in the best interest for the Mavs to lose. <laughs> should should the league have even fined him for that, Joel? I I, <laughs> I mean I don't think so, but I think that they faced <laughs> they had to because uh, that's mm-hmm. like. Obviously, the truth. I mean, he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. It's just that you know, you, you try not to say that out loud because you know you're right. trying to sell a losing team to your, you know, to the public. You just don't do that. That's just it, 
it's not right, but technically it is the right thing to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you definitely, like, as deep as this draft is, like, yeah, there's there's several different players yeah. that they could use, you know, on their team going forward. I mean, obviously they right. got Dennis Smith last year at number nine, which was which is great, but, like, you know, great. it was a great pickup at number nine. Um, but nevertheless, like, you know, yeah, it's definitely in their best interest to lose. I mean, they weren't even, they weren't even close to like being on a, on a, you know, competent playoff team level. Like even if they went all in and, and made these acquisitions and whatever in the off season, like at best case scenario, you were looking at a first round exit team. Like yeah. you definitely weren't looking any better than that. So yeah. I sh- I should have known they were tanking when I saw them play four point guards at the same time. I knew there was something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. We all should. That should have been the same. Well, see, I knew they were tanking because if you look at that roster, like their their roster on paper is way better than their record. Like they're just right. They, they I mean, they're just so bad. Like, and and they shouldn't be. Like. <laughs> shouldn't be that bad like it's it's to me that's like the most obvious tanking team like because we all knew Atlanta was gonna suck we all knew Chicago was gonna suck um and Mm -hmm. and the crazy thing is Chicago should be have the worst record in the league had Miritich not gone off for like you know 10 games in a row and won them like seven or eight games in that (laughs) you know 10 game span on fire Um, a little bit yeah (laughs) yeah it's crazy and they're still like I think they have 20 wins and the worst team in the league has 18, which is the Suns. Um, so mm-hmm. like, I mean, they're still in that hunt, you know, for, for the worst record. Um, but like we, there were some teams we knew that were going to be bad. Um, like, I don't think any, any of us thought Dallas was going to be this bad and they shouldn't be this bad. I, didn't, um, I think, this bad uh, yeah, now. I think Memphis and Dallas were the two that like, that are way worse than we thought they were going to be. Um, like I said, Memphis wasn't going to be good going into the season, but not, nobody knew they were going to be that bad. Yeah, that's true. The Hornets, yeah, we I think we all had the Hornets at least, you know, as like a seven or eight seed. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, they, they're they're way worse than we thought. But nobody could see Batum falling off like he did. Like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me kick it over to you, Luke. Um, do you do you think Cubans should be fine for for that? No, I don't. I mean, it's a system that's in place right now. I mean, it's not like Dallas took advantage of it like the Sixers and did it change for three years and put themselves on that. They're doing it one year. I mean, it's the last year in effect. They they know it's getting changed. So why not? I mean, the Dirk Dirk is gone. That era is gone. Might as well try to get a great draft pick, tank it, try to get one of these top three. Now you have a kid to build around the future. I I don't have a problem with that at all. I mean, Cuban's right. I mean, where what position are they in? They should lose. At least he's telling his fans straight up, hey, listen, if you come to these games and you want to see some of these starters, they might not be playing. Like, we're going for loose, but let's get some kid that we can build around. This could be our next dirt for you guys, and this will be good because this is it. This is the last year that the draft is set up where the ping pong balls fall in a favor. We do really bad. So I don't have a problem with it. I just think it was the league probably had to do it because they just want to get rid of that tanking aspect. And um, it's kind of funny with you guys. I didn't see Dallas and Memphis in this position. And one team that they, they thought was going to be in this position was Indiana. 
But Indiana had actually proved them wrong and is a playoff team. So it's kind of funny where everyone was yeah. like, Chicago Not and the Pacers are going to be one of the worst teams ever. They traded everyone all this. And then Oladipo was like, whoa, 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 and all this. And so I do think it's weird that Dallas is down there. But, hey, I mean, you're this bad. Why not try to get that top three pick? Yeah, and that's it. And thank you, Joel. Not me. Um, I've been mm-hmm. on that Indiana bandwagon. I said they were going to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. Everyone said I was crazy, and here we are. Um, but uh, I did not expect <laughs> I did not expect Oladipo to 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 play like a fucking superstar. Awesome. I, I will say that. Right. But uh, but I do like I, I I did and I do like the way they they constructed their lineup. They made really really good acquisitions. Uh, Darren Collison for like ten million dollars a year is a great fucking pickup. Um, and I think you even agree with me on that, Joel. Like you, we were both fans I of agree, that pickup. Yeah. I like yeah. Darren. Um, lot, yeah. yeah, yeah, we both like Darren Collison. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, I, I, again, to what you were saying, Luke. Like you, you're finding finding a guy. I think it was six hundred thousand dollars for telling the truth. So basically, you're like, you, <laughs> if you don't want to lie, we're gonna find you for it. Like. And it's like, like you said, like that's the way the system's set up. So yeah, it's, it's kind of bogus. Juwan, what are your thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I actually think he should have been fined. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, through your play is how your fan base uh, knows that you're tanking. Like we, we could see it. You have a team full of veterans, and you're playing none of them. Yeah, we kind of get that you're eyeing next year and not this year. But for you to have a dinner <laughs> where you're telling your veteran players, listen, we're just going to call it a quit. Um, I don't like that. I, I, don't, I don't like because they do have a lot of, to what I think, really good veterans who deserve um, a little better than what they're getting. And they have a coach who damn sure deserves way more than, uh, than to have to, to, to tank. Um, so I don't yeah. like it. So, yeah, I think it should be fine. All right. Well, I'm glad we had somebody who thought it should be fine. Um, well, and I guess I, I would say, I mean, we all kind of agree that you had to find him, but I just, I, I definitely think it's a little ridiculous. Um, but Hey, you know, like that's, that's why Travis Schlink for the Hawks has been saying all year, no, we're, we're not tanking. No, we're not doing that. We're not tanking. <laughs> like, yeah, you are, bro. You're just smart, and you're not going to come out and say, like, yeah, we're tanking. Right. Um, but let's move on. we got about 13 minutes left, and uh, this is um, probably the biggest scandal of the week and something that I've got a, a lot of thoughts on, but I'll try to sum them up, um, you know, as, as quickly as possible so we can all get a word in here about this. Um, Mark Cuban is under fire for something that he absolutely should be, um, after a report in Sports Illustrated revealed rampant sexual misconduct by men within the Mavericks front office, former team president and CEO uh, Turdima Usuri, I'm going to guess, is how you pronounce his name? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Reportedly terrorized numerous female employees over the course of a decade. Uh, Mavericks beat writer Earl Sneed was retained despite two domestic violence incidents, the second targeting a coworker. Uh, Senior Vice President of the Mavs HR Department ignored numerous complaints levied against Ustery and Sneed. Uh, Cuban has since fired Pittman and Sneed, Pittman being the uh, Senior Vice President of the HR Department. Um, Ustery left uh, nearly three years ago. 
Cuban denies any knowledge of the sexual misconduct prior to SI's report last week. Former AT&T executive Cynthia Marshall has been named interim CEO. Um, obviously, it was only a matter of time before you know this this shit hit sports. I mean, it's it's been all over politics, all over Hollywood. Um, so I mean, it was it was only a matter of time. Um, I will spare anyone, uh, our listeners, the details. Um, but this this isn't um, this isn't like small potato stuff. Um, I've read into the details of what these guys were doing, um, and it was pretty fucking atrocious. Um, so that being said, uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we're all pretty stand-up individuals here, so I, you know, I'm pretty sure we're all um, find it detestable. What do you do going forward um, if you're the NBA? Uh, to, to kind of and, – and really just, you know, sports organizations in general, um, you know, what do you do going forward to try and prevent this? Or if you have, you know, another take on this that you would like to throw out, feel free to do so. Uh, I'll start with you, Juwan. Um, I think what the NBA should do is the same thing, I guess, Hollywood is doing, and that's bring more awareness to it. Uh, the, the, the more people feel comfortable to come out and, and tell their story, the more you can get – uh, people like that out of positions of power. So just bring more yep. awareness to it so they feel more comfortable because if, if you don't bring more awareness to it, uh, not a lot of people are, are going to risk losing a, a really good paying job in a field like that um, by coming out and, 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 and saying that they've been, whether it's physically or, or, or mentally abused. So the more awareness you bring to it to where it's like these guys can't hide from it anymore, the more you'll get people that come out um, and, and get people like this out of positions of power. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you 100%. Um, Joel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, it's it sucks to hear kind of shit like this, especially from Mark Cuban, the guy that I, I like. Uh, I think a yeah, lot of us like too, Mark yeah. Cuban. He's just he's a good dude from what we've seen. He's a, he's a a likable owner, which is not not easy to say sometimes. <laughs> um, but the fact that this went on for ten years within the organization, ten years, you can't tell me you didn't hear anything. Now it's possible. I guess it's possible to keep it hidden for that long, but I think it's 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 awareness is probably the way you start because it's 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 at that point where you can't let this go on at all, let alone. 10 years, you know, right. and it's just, it's, it's disappointing. I think that's probably the biggest uh, feeling I have when it comes to him, because I don't know the whole story. I don't know his side of things, but to think, you know, he hired him and this is not the first time people have talked about it. He's been again, doing it for 10 years and he was still working there. And then, it's just disappointing. It's just completely disappointing. I don't want to lose Mark Cuban, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm just hoping this is a, is a lesson learned for the the NBA, not just the, the Dallas Mavericks. Because obviously, I have no I have no doubt that the Dallas Mavericks from here on will be the uh, the figureheads for the way you should be handling a sexual assault and harassment because they're under fire. But I think this is a not just the NBA. I think this could this is a sign. Like you can't let this shit go on. Things have changed. Hollywood has already shown it. 
now it's gonna have, it's gonna it's gonna bite you in the ass unless you you confront it head on. So it's just it really is just disappointing. Yeah, well, and the and I think too, kind of to speak to your point um, before I pass it over to you, Luke. Um, it, it, I mean, you could kind of like I'm not gonna sit here and speculate as to you know what Mark Cuban knew or what he didn't know or whatever. Um, exactly, but yeah. I will say this though. Um, for somebody like Mark Cuban, who is is not a hands-off owner, he's not somebody who, um, you know, who who, you know, just kind of, you know, owns the team and makes a little bit of money and you know maybe comes to the occasional game and sits up in the press yeah. box and what have you. Like he's he's what we would seem to be, uh, you know, would seem to think is a very hands-on owner. So. Like I said, I'm not going to speculate as to what he knew and what he didn't know, but if he didn't know that was going on, he damn well fucking should have. And that's the thing mm-hmm. that really pisses me off, is like maybe you didn't know it was happening. Um, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there, but you're still at fault because you damn well should have known what was happening under your roof. Um, but, Luke, uh, what are your thoughts? Man, this is just really just disappointing, just all around, just for 10 years for to go on and especially for the NBA, I feel like they're finally taking, like, NBA was on the up, you know, NFL's had all these dramas with, like, the Neil and the Anthem and all that, and NBA really yeah. has to fit in this, and something for this to come up, especially, like you guys are saying, over 10 years, and Nick, I'll be like, I'm not going to details, but so distasteful what you heard these guys are doing, especially the CEO president, how they, they knew about it, and they made this agreement that you couldn't even be in the room with girls, like, because yeah. they knew how bad he was treating them. That's just such a horrible. Or they had to have somebody follow him around yeah, like, to make yeah, sure to police him. It's yeah, just that's so ridiculous. that they're doing this, but it just thinks to, like, like you guys are saying, Mark Cuban is such a well-known owner. Like, besides Steinbrenner, the Yankees, besides, like, you being from your hometown, you know, and your owners, Mark Cuban's probably the most popular owner since Steinbrenner. Like, everyone knows Cuban, everything, and especially mm-hmm. for him to be under this, it's like, are you really, what's happening with your organization? I mean, a couple of years, one thing, but a whole decade and all this, it's just, it's really bad. Like, what can you really do? Like, I agree with you guys. Like, Juwan, 100% NBA could do, do start awareness, because you can't make the guy sell his team and all that. It's just, it just it puts them in this weird situation. It's, it just sucks. Being a true NBA fan, I love the NBA and I love the way it's been going and seeing how bad the NFL is and all this. And then now NBA has something crazy like this, but I think they could try to seize this quickly and bring awareness and and all that. It just it's just such a distasteful topic, and I just can't believe it. Ten years, something like this, and all everything, all the details behind it. It just it just really sucks being an NBA fan and just loving the way that the NBA has been go, going lately and just something like this can just derail you so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the thing, the thing for me too, is like the, that like the, these are the stories that have come out that actually people have spoken out and that we know as far as not, I mean, obviously I'm sure it's not exclusive to this organization. Um, but like, if that was going on, what else could have been going on, and how was it allowed to go on? There's just this to, for me. I, I feel like it, there's probably even more to this story that we don't even know, and it's 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 it, it kind of gives you like a a 
just a feeling in in the bottom of your stomach that's just it's just deplorable. It's fucking disgusting. Um, as far as what you do, I totally agree with you guys. You bring awareness. Um, uh, I think that's probably the most important thing is to encourage um, any victims out there to to you know know that they have a platform now to speak up against uh, you know things like this. Um, but you know, furthermore, if I'm Adam Silver. And I know, like this, y'all might think this is a little crazy. Um, I'm, I'm, fucking. They're not getting a first round pick for three years. Like they did that for for Minnesota, didn't get a first round pick for five seasons for having like a little quid pro quo uh, with uh, what what was his name? Uh, Joe um, uh, Joe Smith. Uh, you know, basically. They were like, you know, you come here, you sign three, you know, short deals or three, three one-year deals for just a small amount of money, and then once we get your bird rights, we'll pay you. That was, you know, essentially what happened uh, with Joe Smith in Minnesota. They got, they got suspended five first-round picks for that, for having a violation of the collective bargaining agreement. Like, I'm suspending you three first-round picks if, if you're – if you can't have your organization be, you know, good enough to, you know, have a work environment in which women don't have to go to work and constantly fear, fear for their protection um, and, and, you know, their, their careers and, you know, all of that and just can't, can't have a comfortable work environment. That's unacceptable. And I think the only way to actually send a message would be, you know what? You go ahead and tank. We're not. You're not getting your pick this year. You're not getting your pick next year, and you're not getting your pick the next year after that. Those first round picks, fucking gone. You're forfeiting them. That's what I would do. What are your thoughts on that, guys? Uh, Joel. Uh, I think that's reasonable. Well, maybe. I mean, not for them, but for me. I mean, I think as a repercussion, uh, something like that would be something to consider for sure. Well, and I think it would be a deterrent. I think teams might go ahead and get out in front of any shit that they got going on and say, we're going to fucking, you know, make sure our They'll fucking house is in order to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Luke, what are your thoughts? Yes, dude. 100% agree with you. They should definitely do that. They should take away these picks. That's going to get them where it hurts. I mean, listen, I mean, if the details come out like they are and everything's true, it's really bad and it's a 10-year decade. Get them where it really hurts and mess up their future. And a lot of teams will be like, oh, we do not want to do anything like that, and we're going to turn some people in. So I I like what you're saying right there. And it, it, they did do to Minnesota for something kind of less, but this one, this one could be way bigger than what we, we think. It could break a lot of ice. So I think if the NBA were to do something like that, a statement, it would go across a lot of teams everywhere, and it would be a huge hole. we got to figure out what we're doing. And I think – It'd be a big win for women because they wouldn't have to worry anymore, and they know that the NBA has their back, and it would help yeah. everything. So I like everything that you just said right there. That would save space, and that would make the NBA still going above the NFL. Absolutely. Juwan, you got about 25 seconds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as what's-his-name lost his team for uh, saying things on in the privacy of his home, and he had to give up his team. Yeah, they, they, they for darn sure can lose a couple draft picks. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really what it boils down to. Hit him, hit him where it hurts. 
All right, guys, thank you uh, so much. Joel, welcome back, my friend. So good to have you back. Thank you. Uh, and we will see thank you, thank everybody next Wednesday, 9 o'clock, and we got some news coming down the pipes. We may have more than one show a week uh, very soon, so keep your ears peeled for that. Uh, thank you, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.